0: Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you. And thanks for joining Grace online uh, this week. And look forward to talking to you about a new conversation, a fresh series that we're opening up called Regardless of Circumstances. Now, I'm sure you can do the math real quick that the reason that we're dialing into this idea is because of the circumstances that we're living in right now, right? So the world is kind of topsy-turvy. I think when we look at kind of COVID and all kinds of issues that are going on in our world right now, uh, we all kind of hope that by the end of the summer, we got into the fall, things would settle down into more of a predictable pattern, but school hasn't opened or maybe yours did and the kids are facing quarantines and checking in and having different kind of classes. If you're a college student, you may or may not have started classes or have some classes in person and some classes online. If you're in your career, you might be in the office, you might be at home, you're certainly not traveling the same way that you did and on and on and on it goes. We're wearing the mask, we're doing the social distancing and the frustration of it all is something that we're kind of having to to live in. Uh, we kind of have to break out of this cycle that, you know, it, once it's over, you know, then we'll go back to normal. And we've all kind of been waiting for that. And I don't know if I'm the bearer of bad news or not, but maybe the, the stater of just kind of what's obvious that this is not going away anytime soon, which means our lives are not going to return to whatever normal was and we're going to have to live in these circumstances. And so how do we do that? If we're, if we're a Christ follower, if we're somebody who wants to honor God through all of our lives, or maybe you're not even that yet, and you're just kind of curious what God has to say about these things from His Word, regardless of our circumstances, how do we live? How do we go through this time of limbo what do we do to, to move forward, to take ground and to maximize the moments that God has us living in? And that's what we're going to talk about here for the next few weeks. So regardless of circumstances, uh, how do we approach our faith and life and the path forward? If you got your Bibles, grab them. I want to show you something that's kind of neat in the book of First Corinthians chapter 15. And maybe just stop what you're doing real quick, grab a Bible, open it up there, get a pencil so you can make some notes in it. Or if you're watching this on your computer or your phone, uh, the church app is a great place to do that. And you can take notes there even as we, we go through the conversation. But 1 Corinthians 15 and in the beginning of, of, um, of 1 Corinthians 16 is where we're gonna kind of camp uh, for this talk. So set it up there, grab your coffee, prop your feet up and uh, and dial in and let's talk about this together how do we go through this time of limbo the apostle paul is writing here in 1 corinthians 15 and let me just frame it up for you a little bit because he's in this time of limbo that's kind of what he's living through a little bit so here the church is just beginning The Apostle Paul is doing a lot of work of explaining Jesus's heart and mind to folks who are kind of new to following Jesus. As you follow Paul's journey, he had a lot of ups and downs. He had some big like home run successes, but he also like did some jail time because he wouldn't stop preaching about Jesus. Uh, He was betrayed by many friends who didn't trust him or support him. Uh, He was dealing with false teachers. So he was he was in a rough time. And even the direct context of this he's even kind of talking to Christians about how we think of death and how we would go through losing our lives, because many of them were in the early church. They were being persecuted maybe by the Romans, maybe by the Jewish leadership, or maybe by somebody else. And so the idea that to follow Christ, my life is going to be upended, my career is gonna be upended, my plans, my thoughts, my dreams, my anticipated future is all gonna be a question mark, simply because I decided to follow Jesus and maybe walk away from these other paths. It's in that context that the Apostle Paul is writing. And he says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. He's talking to the early church. He says, therefore, brothers and sisters, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So he's speaking to them in this uncertain time. And this is his counsel, right? So what do we do? How do we play out our faith? What does God want us to do? Where is he in the midst of all of our circumstances and the uncertainty of them? And Paul looks and says, this is what you do. You stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because that you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Let's talk about this for a minute because Paul leans into this phrase here, guys, brothers and sisters, I want you to stand firm, stand firm. And what does he mean by this idea of standing firm? Is he just talking about being stubborn, being rigid, like don't question God? It's different than that. When you look at that idea of standing firm, let nothing move you, what he's saying this is, is, we would probably say it a little bit this way, Anchor yourself, lock yourself in, let nothing move you, don't drift away. Later on in the, in the book of Colossians, uh, Paul is talking and he, he uses this term. He says, set your mind on things above, set your heart on things above. He uses that word set, this idea of like anchor yourself, lock yourself in, Stand firm and let nothing move you. Now, this is a fascinating thing that Paul says because what he's drilling at here and why he's bringing that up right here is interesting. And it plays out, I think, directly into some of the the times and the circumstances that we are wrestling with. Why is it so important that we make a decision to stand firm, or like he says in Colossians, to set, to set our minds, to set our heart on, on things above. When I stand firm, standing firm or setting my mind or my heart is not a passive activity. It's an it's a active thing that I do. I don't passively stand for I'm not just standing here and life is happening to me. That's not what Paul's talking about. And then when, he, when you go to that Colossians passage, when he says set, it's not a passive thing. That's a decisive thing. It's a cognitive thing. I am deciding to anchor myself to the truth that I have believed and locked onto. And in this case, it would be our faith. Why do we anchor ourselves in times of uncertainty. This is what happens, I think, a lot during uncertainty. Usually in times of uncertainty, especially kind of like the times we live in right now, right, where life is just up in the air. It's just up in the air. The greatest temptation during a time of uncertainty is not really like walking away from our faith in Jesus. Yeah, very few of us will look and say, you know what, my job's up in the air, the kids are have to be homeschooled. Forget it, I'm not a Christian anymore. That, that's usually not what happens in these types of uncertainties. When we're frustrated and we're burdened and life is just kind of, it's kind of aggravating in a lot of ways right now. We're not usually like, I don't believe the Bible anymore. I don't know why I ever did. That, that's usually not, our response to it. Usually what happens in times of uncertainty is that we drift. We don't usually walk away. Usually what happens is we drift. And we drift away from our interaction with God. We drift away from our interaction with God's people, the church, and we drift away even from our relationships with each other. We don't usually jump, right? I don't, I don't usually, I'm not going to church anymore. I'm not talking to my friend anymore. I'm done with my marriage. I'm going to be depressed. That, that's not usually what we do. Usually what happens is we, we drift out of relationship. We drift apart from each other. We drift into despair, into depression, and it's a gradual move and a slow move and sometimes almost an unperceptible move. But over time, let's say six, seven months later, okay, over time, that drift becomes, becomes a big deal because it moves us far away from where we really want to be. So when Paul says here in uh, in 1 Corinthians, stand firm, he's not saying be stubborn. He's not saying, you know, be dogmatic. It's not quite what he's at. He's saying, stand firm, let nothing move you. Don't drift. See, to the early church, he he would look and say, there's a lot going on. Right? You follow Christ, you lost your job, you got kicked out of your house, your wife isn't sure she wants to be married to you anymore. Like, all that stuff is addressed in the Bible. He's saying, don't drift away, don't drift back, don't leave what you know has is true and right and good. Stand firm, anchor, set your mind, set your heart. Don't let anything move you Don't drift away from Christ, his people, or the life that he has called you to. Now, what I love about this passage here is not only does Paul say, like, don't do that, right? So don't stand firm, don't let anything move you. But he actually gives you the the tool of how to anchor yourself. So he says, don't drift and then he, in essence, says, here's the anchor. This is what you do. This is the antidote to drifting. So stand firm and let nothing move you. And then this is what you do instead. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. So the, the antidote to drifting is to give myself to something else. I give myself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So Paul says you stand firm. It's chaotic. It's nuts. Life is kind of off the rails a little bit. And it's that way for all of us to varying degrees right now. My tendency is not to just walk away from it. It's to drift away from it without realizing it. Well, what do I do to anchor myself I stand firm by doing the work of the Lord, always giving myself to the work of the Lord. Now, what's the work of the Lord? Let's talk about this for a second. Is the work of the Lord to pray harder? No, praying harder is probably a good thing for most of us, but that's not the work of the Lord. Is it to read the Bible more? No, although, almost all of us could stand to read the Bible more. Let's just be honest about that, right? So what is the, is it to go to church more? Is it what, what is the work of the Lord? I want you to catch this because I think it's important and it'll help this all to make sense. The work of the Lord is not like renewed religious activities. That, that's not quite what Paul's after here. The work of the Lord is this. The work of the Lord is relational labor it's relational labor. So I'm going to stand firm because my tendency is to drift, right? The antidote to drifting is to do the work of the Lord. What is the work of the Lord? The work of the Lord is a relational labor. I'm going to work at the relational drifts that I'm wrestling with because of the uncertainty of my circumstances. Let's just, let's think about this together for a second, okay? Just think about it. Most of our friendships, as an example, most of our friendships are not, I'm done with you. Most of our friendships are, I haven't talked to so-and-so forever, right? I I thought you guys were like besties. You know, I haven't talked to them forever. Did something happen? No, like they went to that school, I went to this school and we just haven't talked forever. Okay. What's the antidote to that? The antidote is to give yourself to the work of friendship, the relational labor of friendship. If I've drifted from a friend, the only way for me to get back to that mooring point with my friend is to call my friend to get together with my friend, to do the relational labor of friendship, right? We would know this physically, right? If I'm, if I'm out of shape, why, why am I out of shape? Why did I leave the gym? Why haven't I been in the gym forever? Because I hate gyms. It, probably not. You probably just quit going, right? So how do you get back in shape? Well, you have to do the labor the work to start that momentum again. This is what Paul is talking about when he says, I I want you to stand firm because we drift. Always give yourself to the work of the Lord. The work of the Lord is a relational labor with God. That when I see that I've moved away from God, when I've lost my priorities, when I've lost my focus, the only way to regain that relationship is to do the relational labor of getting back to God. If I haven't been spending regular time with God because I got out of the habit, I have to do the relational work. It's not religious stuff or paying off my God credit card. It's the relational stuff. I want to know God, love God, interact with God. Well, that's why I pray and that's why I spend time in God's Word. If I've drifted from God's people, because I just haven't seen anybody for six months now. And going to church with a mask on is so hard. And you know how it is when the weather's nice, you kind of forget to sit down and watch the service and interact with people in the virtual lobby. I got it. It's no big deal. You haven't renounced the faith. You don't hate Grace Church. It's not that you, don't, you can't stand your church family. You just drifted. Well, what's the antidote? to give myself to the work of the Lord. That work is never in vain. It always has a return. And so I have to do the relational work. I got to put on the mask and go to service. I got to set the alarm and make sure that I'm watching a live stream. I got to join the virtual group, the virtual connect group or join one that's in the- I have to do that labor in order to reestablish that connection, Let's see. And Paul, when he's writing here, he's looking in times of uncertainty and he's saying to the people, guys, this is just kind of the way that it works. Like anchor yourself, set your mind, set your heart. That's a cognitive decision. You're never going to drift into that. You have to decide to do that. Get back to the gym, get back in the group, right? And then always give yourself to the work of the Lord. That labor is never in vain. Do the relational work with your, with your heavenly Father, with Jesus, and do your relational work with God's people. That's the antidote to drifting, okay? Now, this is what's fascinating. In the middle of Paul kind of giving this, this counsel and direction to people, I want you to see the context that he's giving it in because he gives this, this truth and this directive, but this truth and directive is not a pathway back to normalcy. So he's not looking at people and saying, if you guys do these things, everything will be back to normal and, and then you, it won't all be so frustrating and hard anymore. That's not what he's saying. He's giving this directive as the formula, so to say, to navigate uncertainty. So look at the context that he's in. Chapter 15, we're kind of at the end of it, verse 58. Then you go to chapter 16 at the beginning of it, and Paul is talking to these guys. And right after he says this, he says, this is how this might play out. He says, after I go through Macedonia, I will come to you for I will be going through Macedonia. Perhaps, perhaps, maybe it could be that that I will stay with you for a while. Two weeks, I don't know, three weeks, I don't know, a month, I don't know, a while. Perhaps I'll stay with you for a while Or, or even spend the winter. I might hang out for the weekend or I might like move in, right? So perhaps I'll do that so that you can help me on my journey. Wherever I go, your journey to where? I don't know. I mean, I'm going to go through Macedonia, and then I kind of have to see what circumstances God has for me next. So that way I'll stay with you for a while, day two, maybe the winter. And then wherever I wind up going, for I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope, I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. Now think about that statement. He's just looking at folks and saying, guys, listen, stand firm. Always do the work of the Lord. It's never in vain. Don't let anything move you, right? But it's not a solution or a pathway to normalcy. It's an orientation in a sea of uncertainty. And what Paul is saying here is, regardless of the circumstances. I'm I'm going to come through Macedonia. I might stay for a while. It may be quick. I might stay for the winter. I'm on my way to somewhere, not quite sure what God's got for me next, but wherever I go, you can help me with that. And I, I don't want to just pop in. I want to stay. So I hope to spend some time with you if that's God's plan. And in this context of uncertainty, Paul would look and say, regardless of circumstances, we're going to stand firm. Circumstances don't dictate what we drift or don't drift into. Circumstances don't dictate my relationship with Christ. They don't even dictate my relationship with you. They might dictate my schedule. They might dictate my plan. They might dictate my final geographical destination but they don't determine who I am or what I give myself to. I'm going to come to you. We're going to do this relational labor. I can't wait to see you, but I don't really know how all of that is going to play out yet. Now, look at this. This is fascinating. So Paul sets in this time. I'm standing firm. That's what I'm doing. Nothing's gonna move us off of our faith with God and love for each other, locked in. I'm gonna give myself fully to the work because that that labor is never in vain. It's gonna play out in all of this uncertainty. I don't really have a road map for it. But then he says something fascinating to the church here at Corneth. He says, This is what I think my future is gonna be. This is really good. Catching it. But, Grab the phone, put the dishes down, grab the phone. Ready? Here it is. This is it really, really going what what I say. Ready? This is what I think my future is going to be. But in the meantime, in the meantime, this is what I know. This is the next verse, 8 and 9. But for now, I will stay at Ephesus until Pentecost. That's a, a holiday. I will stay at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me, and there are many who oppose me. Paul is writing ahead to this church and he's saying, guys, we're gonna stand firm, we're not gonna move, we're gonna lock in. That's what we're gonna do. We're not drifting, we're gonna give ourselves always to the work of the ministry. There's a lot of circumstances I can't control or even foresee, so perhaps, maybe, if, sorta, I'm gonna stop by if that's okay with God. But, but catch this, God has me in Ephesus. He has me in a place. I don't know my future. I don't know what, I don't know if I'm on my way tomorrow. I don't know if I'm on my way next week. I don't know if I'm going to be there for a month or I'm going to be there for the whole fall. I don't know. And I don't know where I'm going after that. But I know where I am right now. I'm in Ephesus. And I know that I'm going to stay here because a great door of effective work has opened to me. This is huge. I want you to catch this, okay, it's huge. A great door of effective work has opened to me. Paul looks at these folks and says, guys, I know where I am now and I know that if I stand firm and don't let anything move me and I give myself fully to the work of the ministry, that God has opened doors where I am at this moment. I don't know where I'm going to be the next moment, but I know that I'm here at this moment and I'm staying here because God is working here. That mindset for us during uncertain times is massive. I, I wrote it down this way. I said in every season of uncertainty, there are great doors of effective work that open to us. We are in a great season of uncertainty and we're gonna live here and you know it and I know it, we're gonna live here. Waiting for this season to be over is the wrong play. Looking for a a golden bullet from God that if you stand firm and you don't drift away and you give yourself the work of the ministry, it will be over. That's the wrong play. That, it has, that is not at all what the Apostle Paul is teaching. He's saying in this season of uncertainty, stand firm, don't drift away, give yourself to the work of God. That labor is never in vain. And there are open doors for effective ministry all around you. You have to see them. Where you are right now is where God wants you to be. And for the Christ follower, we always remember that. We're always looking for the open door of effective ministry. See, bunch of us, school got blown up just a week or two ago thought we were going back. Now we're not. It's half days. It's partial days. What are you supposed to do? My kid has a cough. Should I keep him home for two weeks? Like all of that. Heidi and I are wrestling with that too, right? It's just the way the parents and kids are living right now. Is that persecution? Is that misery? Is that the absence of God? Or is it Ephesus? Where great Doors of effective work are open to us. It's incredibly hard to homeschool your kids. And it's an amazing opportunity to be involved in their lives. Doing something as simple as before your kids start school, praying with them and asking God to redeem the day, making lunchtime a fun time, capturing the moments with them there is effective doors of ministry of work all around us but we have to see it and embrace it instead of longing to be away from it working from home your office building is shut down i i'll be honest with you i hate working from home some people love it i hate it but if we're there we're there right is it persecution did you get ripped off? Is your boss being ridiculous? Or are you just an Ephesus? And are there great doors of effective ministry there at home? What are they? Have you asked God to show them to you? My, my college classes, we were going to start this fall, and then they decided not to start this fall. And now we're all online and the teacher doesn't know what they're doing. And the portal for Moodle doesn't even work. And I'm so frustrated. Gotcha. Did you get ripped off? Are are you being gypped? Is your life miserable? Or are you in Ephesus? And is there great doors of opportunities of effective work open to you? Different set of relationships with your friends, different opportunities to invest in your younger siblings, Maybe an opportunity to get ahead financially and not be so deep in debt with school. Maybe interact with the church differently than you were going to, see. And it's fascinating to me that in the middle of all that Paul is dealing with, he was looking and saying, my life was full of uncertainty, perhaps, maybe, or if God permits, but I'm going to stand firm. He has me in Ephesus right now and I'm standing firm there. He has me here right now, and and I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not drifting away, longing for what my next step's going to be. He has me here right now, and I'm going to give myself fully to the work of the Lord because that labor's not in vain, because there are amazing opportunities because circumstances are so crazy that I know that God wants me to take advantage of. I wrote this in our notes Dark times lend themselves to bright light. Dark times lend themselves to bright light. And for those of us who are followers of Jesus, the hope that we have, the, uh, the, the, the faith that we have, the, the peace that we have, it's a rare thing. Mom and dad homeschooling your kids. You not complaining and not freaking out and not direct. Finding the open door there is the rare thing. College student who got delayed, high school student who lost your sports season, the person who's at home working on and on, all of this disruption. See, as a Christ follower, when I stand firm and I don't drift away, and I give myself fully to the the work of God, I do the opposite of sitting around waiting for it to be over. When I do the relational labor, see, relationships sometimes are more meaningful when they're more difficult. So when I do the difficult work of connecting with Christ, connecting with His church, connecting with my friends and neighbors, When I embrace the place God has me, I will start to see the effective doors that are open to the work. I'll start to notice them because I'm not looking past them anymore, wishing that everything would go away. I'm looking at them. And asking God, how do I capture them and how do I lock into them? And in dark times, lend themselves to bright light. And we have the opportunity to shine brightly for Christ as a church, for and with each other. It's a great opportunity. And it's the opportunity that God has given us and he has asked us to represent himself in. Guys, we're gonna, we're gonna live here for a while. We're gonna live here for a while. And I know that we all had hopes that maybe this fall, right? At first it was like, if we just get the summertime and then summertime didn't work out so hot. And then if we could just get to the fall and now the fall is what the fall is and and it's gonna stick around. It's just the way that it is. In that process, you and I have to decide what we're going to give our lives to, right? I want you to catch this. If you're watching, look at me in the eyes. Right? If you're listening, stop what you're doing and dial in. But catch this. Ready? You never drift toward Christ. You never drift toward his people, the church. You never drift toward relationships, you only drift away. And many of us have drifted. And I understand. I completely understand. I'm tired. We all are. We're frustrated. We all are. And then the the noise of social unrest and the craziness of politics and all the rest, and and we just kind of want to be left alone. But we will drift if we do not anchor. We will drift if we do not do the work of the Lord, the labor relational work of reaching toward each other. And when we're in this season, we're six months in. If we've drifted this far in six months, where are we going to be in nine? What about 12? What about 18? We have to make decisions as an individual Christ follower, as an individual who's looking to Christ and investigating Christ, as a family, as a church, as friends. We have to make the decision to stand firm, to anchor ourselves, right, to not let anything move us to not wait for things to happen or wait for things to be given to us, but to give ourselves to the work of the Lord, right? And to lock in because God has us where he has us. And there are effective doors of work and ministry all around us waiting for us to walk through. Would you ask God to show you those doors? Would you ask God to give you a different perspective, a different set of eyes? And maybe, maybe during this time when this, this broadcast wraps up, maybe after I pray, while the music's playing, just stop, kneel, bow your head, and ask God, first of all, to help you set your heart and set your mind and then ask God to help you see open doors. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. And those doors are generally full of some degree of darkness. And what would refresh the people through those doors so greatly is if light burst into the room. So would you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, to direct you, to give you courage, and to capture these moments that God has us in. Regardless of circumstances, we want to be the people that God has called us to be. Let me pray for you, and then I encourage you to spend some time in prayer as the band leads us, all right? Jesus, love you. Help us through this time. Lead us, Holy Spirit, to the doors around us, our children, our spouses, our friends, our coworkers, our neighbors, random people that we interact with, who need a little bit of hope, a little bit of encouragement, a little bit of interaction with someone who has peace and certainty during uncertain times. God, help us to be who you've called us to be. Empower us and lead us in that way. And Lord, I pray for every individual who's watching or listening as they take a few minutes and just spend time with you, that you would lead them and direct them in a personal and powerful way as well. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.